Hey, CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman Show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and I was just telling our guest, Krista, that this is an incredibly timely episode because I spontaneously decided to uh, do a rebrand and redo my website. And so we're going to be asking Krista a lot of these questions that are really kind of on my mind and on my brain right now. So I am so excited to announce to you Krista Walsh. Krista is a website copywriter and strategist for service-based businesses, which means she writes your website not only to attract more clients, but also the right kind of client who are confident they want to work with you and won't settle for anyone else. That is, that is the dream, is it not? <laughs> and as a result, your website goes from existing to a lead generating machine working for you around the clock, and you can get back to focusing on your craft, your business, and your impact. Krista's clients have gone on to book four-figure services straight from their website without sales call and rank in the top five of Google search results for competitive search terms. Outside of her work as a copywriter, Krista enjoys watching TV shows about suburban moms who get in over their head and end up leading lives of crime. Literally, same, Krista. This sounds <laughs> amazing. And she has a really cute puppy. So if you connect with her on Instagram, you will see that a lot. So Krista, I am so excited to welcome you. Thank you so much, Christy. Yeah, please come follow me on Insta just for the dog pics. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, relatable. So Krista, I would love for you to just give an intro. I know I just read your intro, but in your words, you know, what you do and, and what in your journey got you here? Yeah. So how I describe it in the plainest terms possible is as a business owner, a lot of us intuitively understand that we're not going to design or build our own website at a certain point. Like when you want to get into a little more custom, you're more in that CEO seat. If you're listening to that po this podcast, you probably are there. And so you go looking for a website designer. What a lot of people don't know is that your designer is not going to provide any of the content for you. That includes all of the writing that goes on your site. And the copy on a website or a sales page or anything is a huge part of conversions and converting the right, the aligned clients, the people who are going to get results from working with you. So knowing that, that is where I come in as a website copywriter, helping you go do everything from strategize your website, like what pages do we actually need to reach your business goals? What's that user journey through the website? And then also writing the copy itself to guide people through this journey from potentially a very first impression all the way to, okay, I, I really want to work with, for example, Christy or what, you know, whoever it is and whatever your service is. Krista, I love that because I think so many of us come in to websites and we're like, make it pretty and like, okay, cool, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Your website imaging is very important to the vibe you give. But if people stop there, they're going to look at your website and be like, oh, you have a really cute website. But then if they don't really know what you're about, why they want to work with you, what you do. And I think this part is so important in terms that they would grasp onto it doesn't really matter. So Krista, some of the things that I've really been struggling with lately as I work to, you know, refine my website copy and make sure that it's really clients I want to work with. When you are working with somebody, how do you actually figure out not just how to say what they do, but how to say it in their client's terms, right? So I could talk about 
accounting jargon all day. But I guarantee you, if my prospective clients saw that jargon on my website, they would be like, I don't want to work with her. So how do <laughs> I change my words into something that they want to hear? Yeah, that is, that's so such a good point to point that out is even I do this. I get stuck when I'm writing about copywriting, like copywriting terms. A lot of people don't even really fully understand what copywriting is. And I'm sure it's it's probably honestly much worse for accounting. I feel like. <laughs> yes. So it is hugely important to find a way to step outside of your CEO bubble, your industry bubble. There's a caveat there if the people you are serving are within your industry, like if you're a consultant for a specific type of industry, there's exceptions. But for people who are serving like more of a general audience or just a layperson audience compared to like you're a service, yeah, it is hugely important to step outside your bubble and see through their eyes of what they're saying, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. How do they talk about their problems and needs when they're complaining to their boyfriend or their partner or a colleague versus how you would maybe describe those needs? So what we ha- what do we have to do to really get into their head? Do you think about this ideal client? I feel like I sit here and I think about these struggles and problems, but I don't know how they are being verbalized, right? Do you go to any place to do research? What, it, what does that look like for us? Yeah. So for all of my website copy clients, I actually interview their past clients. So I ask them to, I have a little checklist of who to gather for these interviews, but it's somebody, it's people who you've worked with in the last two years, they've gotten good results and they're closest to your like ideal client avatar or those demographics that you have in mind. Because you can do all of the online snooping, you can do reading Reddit boards and things like that, but nothing compares to actually talking one-on-one with people who have paid you, right? So they're proof of concept, they're proof that what you're doing works. And so those are the people we want to go straight to the source to and understand like how their mind works. And in my opinion, it's really helpful to have an outsider do these interviews because they want to please you. They, They might be like, letting you lead them. And also there are some like interview skill set that can go into that. So like when I did this for my own company, I had my junior writer do the interviews instead of me because I wanted to get more honest answers. So that's why I think it's helpful when I do it for my clients. And we take all of that info and I analyze them to look at patterns in not only what's being said, but how it's being said. So I'm gathering information about here are the common pain points across these people. And then here are a few different ways people describe their pain points. Like here's the actual language. And it essentially gives you a huge leg up when it comes to starting your copy, particularly if you've ever felt yourself stuck in jargon. If you've ever felt yourself stuck on a blank page, what the hell am I right in this like benefits section or whatever? It it kind of writes the copy for you because you can go back and look at what people said and put it on the page, you know, and then probably not verbatim, like you're gonna have to do some massaging, but you can be pretty damn sure that it's going to resonate because you literally asked people <laughs> who who paid you, right? Yeah, I love that because just the terminology that I know I would use for something is so, so different. Even thinking about, you know, when I go to certain people and I say, okay, let's create a budget for you. They're like, absolutely not. I hate the word budget. I run at that. And so figuring out like how we can say these things with the same intent, but in different terminology has been really important, even for me. So thinking about when we do have all of this content, like we know what we want to say, we know how our ideal client is going to resonate with. 
then how do we actually put it on the website? Can you kind of walk us through what a good layout of a website might look like? Yeah. So that's a great question. And so I think most of us, when we sit down to write our copy, like maybe we open a Google Doc and we just think we're going to write it Magically going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> or maybe maybe even the website template is open and we're like, we're going to type into these boxes or whatever. But my advice to anybody who is like pre-launch, like pre-website launch, like you're about to go into this process, um, particularly if you're going to drop money on professional design, is to start with what I call website strategy. So this is basically giving yourself a roadmap for the website before you start investing money and time into bringing it to life. So including copyright, including design. So this starts with determining what pages you need. Actually, before that, it starts with what are my business goals for my website? So I have a client right now who has like an online course business. Um, So obviously her website, yeah, we wanted to sell her courses, but actually her bigger goal for her website is to build her email list because she makes most of her sales through her email list, right, for something like courses. For other people, for a lot of one-on-one service providers, your website is like a sales pitch for a consultation call, right? Or for maybe a program application. But for a lot of us, like identifying what the goal of our website is and not just going into it thinking like, okay, here I'm going to talk about my company on this website. Thinking about it like, no, I want my website, whether I am marketing on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or doing podcasts like this and people go check out my website. What do I want them to do next? And identifying that action and then working backwards to choose the pages you need to get there. And then once you have those pages, understanding, mapping out like that user journey through the site. So for my homepage, maybe they have, maybe like my service is pretty like custom. And so they don't really get a ton of information about my services before they get on a call with me. But for other people who have set services, maybe they go from your homepage to a general services page where then they choose the right service for them and they go to a mini sales page for that service so that by the time they get on a call, they're extremely qualified. They know the price, they know the process, and they're really just there for a gut check. So the strategies can really differ widely depending on your business model, your type of services, your audience, what your sales process is. But mapping all of that out first is crucial to then not wasting your time and then also – or money and also making sure your website ultimately like delivers an ROI for you. Yeah, that's definitely important. And I love how you mentioned at the beginning that was a different strategy. That client was actually trying to get people on her list and not trying to sell off the website. So I'm sure you weren't building – as many pages and you weren't having to, you know, be so be so clear in them if you just wanted to direct people to the email list. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'm already thinking in my head, okay, Christy, do you have this set up right? Did you do all that? So thinking about when we do have it set up kind of how we want to, what do we then you know, do with this copy? Do we just throw it in? Do Are there certain strategies to, you know, I know one of the things I've heard a lot lately is should there be like long copy and pictures. What is your take on all of that? Yeah. So if the question is, how do you start writing copy for your website pages? Is that the general question here? Yeah. Like when we have an idea of what we want it to look like and know this kind of client journey that we want them to go through and the verbiage they would say like, what, what, where do we go? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. So you have it mapped out. You're like, okay, I need a homepage. 
uh, a general services page, a services page, and then a get in touch type of page. You have all of your what we call in the copywriting marketing world, voice of customer research. It's just all of the like the interviews, sometimes, you know, the wording people use, all those different like messaging pain points. You have now all the building blocks. So now it's time to go like individual page by page. And I can give like I just did an email newsletter series about a sample like website content template for each page if you want to go through that because it there's no hard and fast you have to do write a homepage this way absolutely not like there are so but many, I like rules like, <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody to tell me this is the right thing to do <laughs> right which is why templates can be so helpful and we can absolutely go through an example if you'd like if you think that would be helpful yeah let's do it sure so for this example, I used on your homepage, we're obviously going to have a headline. And I also recommended including a subheadline. And usually the way I recommend doing this or a good way would be either your headline is a benefit statement or a differentiating statement. So if you have... So should this be... I've heard like different... I'm just going to ask you all the questions because yeah. I'm sure our listeners have all these questions. I've heard a couple different perspectives here about should it be about your business or should it be about your customer? What is your take on that for your customer? Yeah. So it, everything should absolutely be in service of your customer. That's not to say that you can't talk about your business. It's just making sure you're sharing things that are relevant to them. Instead of being like, we are the best at this. It's like, we help you do this. Yeah, that would be a good reframe. reframe. Like taking the lens okay. like off of you and onto someone else, even though... Yeah. You're technically sharing information about your company, obviously, throughout the whole website. Um, for example, a benefit statement is heavily focused on clients. It's like, what is the benefit they're going to get out? It's usually like an action statement. Get the best bookkeeping in the world. Obviously not that, Christine, <laughs> but like something like that, right? Versus mm -hmm. like a differentiating statement could come across as being more about your company, but it's still in service to the reader, to your end client. To like because, attract the right people. Yeah. So if you have okay. a really strong, unique selling proposition and it's like, you know, I am the only financial service provider in my industry who does things this way. And it's really important that I do things this way because the results that it leads to, you could bring that into your headline. Differentiating statements work particularly well for like sophisticated audiences. So audiences who this is not their first time looking for a financial service provider. They've looked around. They've read several websites. Maybe they've hired one in the past and it hasn't gone well. And so you coming in to say, I do things differently for this specific reason can be like a nice, we're meeting them where they are instead of just a benefit statement is great across the board, but it's a bit of a safer choice. I'd say it's for people who they just want to say like, here's the benefit of the service, which they could technically maybe get from another competitor too. So this is where it's really important that we like understand who we're talking to here. So if yeah. I know that my clients are probably more established in their journey and they've been through this time and time again, I might use the differentiator. Is that what you're saying here? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you have yes. a strong differentiator, not everyone does, you know, like some people are just right. really, really good at what they do, but some people have a strong, um, like we call it a unique selling proposition or unique value proposition, something that is kind of they're a little like secret edge. <laughs> I love that. So, okay. If we've had this, you know, we had this headline and then subheadline. Did I say those right? 
Mm-hmm. Subhead, okay. subheadline. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you're fine. perfect. You way. know, sometimes, hey, I don't want to get the terms wrong. <laughs> so once we have those, I find myself commonly looking at my homepage and I'm like, what? What else am I supposed to say here? Am I supposed to talk about me? Am I supposed to talk more about my customer? What do you, and I know you're going to say there's no hard and fast rule, but what are some (laughs) things that you like to put on the homepage? Yeah. So another thing I love to do is right after a headline section, have an empathy section. So this is kind of like a pain point section, but I've renamed it to empathy because I want to emphasize that whenever we're talking about pain points, we are never trying to make people feel pain like we're not we're not trying to push on anything or manipulate people or take advantage of them it's the point of a pain point section is to empathize and to say I understand you right um and I understand what you're going through and that helps build trust that you can then solve the problem if you prove that you get it it's like when someone's talking to you they're venting about something and you kind of repeat what they said back to you in different you know, summary, right? You're like, oh, I totally get that. You're feeling this way, blah, 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 or I felt that way too, you know? So that's I'm a really nice human section. Yeah, go ahead. I love that. I, I'm literally pulling on my website right now to be like, Christy, I think you did that. We do. We have that. We have the header, we have the subheader, and then we have our little empathy statement. So I'm very proud of myself. So are there any other things on the homepage that you think we really need to get into it. I know it's going to depend on what other pages we have, but you know, what else do we like to include here? Yeah. So I would love to include some sort of social proof. Absolutely. On your homepage. So I have the- it. Oh, we do. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it might be a little far down, but we're working on it. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like right away. I mean, it absolutely can be, but it, most commonly social proof is testimonials. But there are other forms like you could have like results numbers or screenshots. You could have endorsements from like well-known figures that your audience would know crucially. You could have case studies would be an example of social proof. There's a lot of different or even like logos. Like if you've worked with a lot of like companies that people would recognize or that they would see themselves in, then you can share like a logo wall, like companies who've trusted us or review like Google reviews. You can add like a Google review widget or same with Yelp or the BBB, like any of these type of like third-party review sites are really powerful because they come across as more objective than testimonials. If you have any of those, yeah. That's really good to know. I've definitely done the appeared on or as seen on things before. And I Another think great right, example. When, we, when we view these things, we say, oh, those are articles, publications, shows, whatever, of authority. So if they trusted this person, then I should also trust this person. So I think that's so important that you said that because probably if they see that on our homepage, we're going to get them to the other pages or the email list or whatever we want from there. So then we look at our homepage and we're Possibly, I'm just going to use myself as an example here, but we want to drive them then to probably a services page. How do you recommend doing something like this or what do you want to talk about in that? Yeah. So a couple things to consider is do I have multiple services and are they different? So I'm not talking about like different tiers of the same service because that could probably all be on one page. But if you have, for example, in the financial services space, if you do like taxes and also bookkeeping, those are different in the sense that somebody's mindset when they're approaching those two services is quite different, like tax time versus Mm -hmm. like I need a year round bookkeeper. 
And also your processes might be different. So those absolutely need their own page. And then I would treat each page like a mini sales page for that service. So this is going back to that voice of customer research, those interviews I talked about. It's important to separate out the insights into different services, if that makes sense for the business. Like talk to people who got the tax service, talk to people who got the bookkeeping service or whatever that looks like for you. Um, And then, you know, kind of do a similar, you can follow the similar structure of the homepage The only other thing I want to add to that is somewhere, if you have multiple services, we need something to help clients differentiate, like to choose the one for them. Sometimes it's obvious, like taxes versus bookkeeping is pretty obvious. But for example, for, let me think of an example. Well, I see this a lot with coaching. If you have two separate coaching programs, it's probably not clear for people which one they should funnel themselves into. So we need some sort of either a section on your homepage that's like, this is for you if this, this is for you if this, or sometimes it's like a whole landing page of all your services. I just did this for one of my clients who has a professional professional personal styling company, and she has an executive image service and just a regular personal styling service. And those things are are not something someone's going to be able to see the names of those in a navigation menu drop down and make a decision. So we we had a landing page that's like, I want this, raising my hand, this is for you. Or I want this, raising my hand, this is for you. And then funnel them in. Okay. I love that because I think that I am very much of the mindset that like, oh, people will figure it out or people can tell what's for them. But I think that we, you're right, we need to lead people into the right choice because I also think we need to remember that the longer people look for things, the more they're probably getting frustrated or they're just like, okay, my my attention span is gone, so I'm no longer looking at that. So I think that's a really, really good point. Now, we have seen lately kind of the evolution of some websites. I would say in the past, we've seen just like massively long sales pages with 15 sections talking about everything. And lately, I've kind of seen us move into a little bit more minimal websites. And I know there's probably a time and place for both, but thinking about that new trend, like what are your feelings on that? Yeah, I think it's great. Sales pages are different strategy than like a website. So a sales Mm -hmm. page will often like, there's no other calls to action. There's no like external links to anything. You don't have the navigation menu at the top. Like you're really locked in to this page. It's almost like, Like back in the day, it was a direct sales letter. So they would literally mail you in the mail and they'd be like five pages just typed out, right? And at the end, it would be like, call this number or like something. And that's what like a digital sales page is today. So they really want you in there. And that's why it's the constant scroll. And there's 10 different options like throughout the page to actually sign up for the course or the program or something. Versus on a website, you're acknowledging that Also on a sales page, usually the traffic is coming from a very targeted source, like a specific ad campaign or email Mm, campaign or something. So So people may not have been already going through your website. On a sales – wait, ask that question again. So I guess my question is like those look different because they might – you might be directed from, for example, like an Instagram post to that exact page instead of our website homepage. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. So on a website, you have people who are just coming in from all of these disparate sources and you don't know Mm -hmm. their reason for being there. Like you can be pretty damn sure on a sales page if somebody's going there, it's because they are interested in the thing, like the very specific offer. Mm -hmm. But if somebody is visiting your website, like they could just be curious about what you do. It's all of these different types of people. It could be people Googling, right? Googling for you and then finding you because they're interested in your service. And they're less warm, I guess. They're less of a hot lead. Typically on a website, they're looking in maybe their first impression, I guess, of you. So with that in mind, they're probably not going to read 3,000 words of copy. The way That's they might. That's how I've always felt yeah. about them. I'm like, okay, where's like, if you want me to sign up, or I hate when I have to scroll, and this might just be me, but it's like, if I know I want to do it already, I'm on page, you have to scroll to the bottom to sign up or for, just to know the price. I sometimes will get on and I'm like, just scroll, 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 scroll till I, till I see what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Because unless you're like, if the ideal client, the person's sales pages is being, those long ass pages are being written for is somebody who is like, okay. I'm pretty sure I want to do this program, but now I need to like really read the sales page. And they're so invested and it's a significant financial investment usually that they will read a lot of that. But for a website, the strategy is usually a lot more minimal because we don't want to overwhelm people with tax. Their interest, like their buy-in isn't that high yet. So we definitely want to give them like the skimmable points and keep them reading and moving on to those other pages that funnel them into like higher points of interest for them. So for example, another strategy, if you had one signature service, maybe it's your homepage kind of does what we've already talked about. And then they go to something like an experience or like a how it works page where they get like the high level, like here's what to expect when working with me, blah, 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 blah. And then maybe they go into a pricing page and now they're ready to see numbers. And then from there, then they go to the book a call page or whatever the ultimate call to action is. So it's a bit more of a, a lighter touch, I guess. And we're not expecting people to want to read tons and tons of copy. Well, and I love how you phrase that because thinking about if people are just randomly on our homepage of our website saying we don't have that much buy-in from them, that makes right. a lot of sense for me because you're basically like asking them to do all this work to read your website when like they don't even know if they like you yet. So I think that that was a really good way for you to phrase that. So thinking about, okay, you've said all these things that you can help us do as a copywriter. We know that we also might need so a designer to help us do our website, if we maybe need a branding person to help us actually get the assets for the website. Can you walk us through if we're like, nope, already heard this. This is way too much to do myself. What professionals do we actually need to help us in this journey if we do want to launch a website? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll also highlight the order of hiring people because I think that's okay. something a lot of us get wrong. So typically... We think, okay, I'm going to hire someone to build the website and then I'm going to fill it in with branding and copywriting and photos maybe. Or at the very least, maybe you do branding first and then website design and then copy. But I would – like how I work with clients is we first work together and we do the website strategy. Then we do the client interviews to get all the messaging. Then we do the copywriting inside of like the layouts of each page, the wireframes of each page, because all of that comes under the jurisdiction of copywriting. Like we're not, people don't consume websites like we just talked about the way they do even sales pages and certainly not novels where you're reading one word after the other. 
you are consuming it, your eyes are jumping all around. So a huge part of my expertise is user experience on a website and how people actually interact with copy. And all of that comes into the copywriting process. And then from there, you have your wireframes with all your copy in, suggested visuals. And from there, you take that to your website designer who's then able to bring it to life with beautiful functional design. And so that would be the proper order. So copywriter, then designer would be the simplest, but it could be like copywriter, brand designer, website designer, photographer, if you're like stretching it out a bit longer. Photography could come in earlier too, maybe with the brand design. It just depends, but. Yeah. Well, and something I learned when I was in my journey was really understanding what types of photography I needed based on like my website. Nobody said, Christy, get more horizontal photos because you want header photos. And now I'm sitting here with like (laughs) three horizontal photos and every single like homepage is the same one because I don't have a lot of horizontal photos. So I think that that's a really good point for people to be thinking about kind of working backwards from what we want the website to look like, do everything else. Like think about that first, but then work everywhere else first and then we'll put it all together. Right. Yeah. So that's why I initially had photography last because I do find it's easier for people to understand like the types of images they need when they, the site is built and like, but um, yeah, but I think you could do it earlier too and I don't think it'd be a huge deal. But yeah, you could run into problems like that where you're like, oh shit, now I, I all my images are vertical or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm telling our listeners now, if you want to make a website and you want photo hitters... <laughs> Get some more horizontal photos. <laughs> yeah. Well, Krista, this was so perfect and so informative. I literally applied my website up as we were talking through this and then like, oh, did I do that right? So I have so appreciated hearing about your expertise and everything you had to share with us. Um, if our listeners do want to work with you, find that newsletter that you wrote about the structure, where can they go find you? Yeah. So you can learn about me on my website, KristaWalshCopywriter.com. I may give Christy you the link to a checklist that I have that walks you through elements for every page of your site, kind of like we talked about today. I think that might be the most helpful thing for people just to grab for free. And that will add you to my newsletter if you want to stay on it, where I, every month we do a different series where I'm giving you like step-by-step how to do something on your site or SEO even. So it's a good time. I love that. And yeah, we would definitely love to see that so that we can just make sure our website is good. And if we're noticing, okay, I need some help, then we can reach out to Krista. So it has been such a good episode, Krista. I am so thankful that we've had you here. And to our CEO listeners, if you took anything away from this, if you work on Krista's list and try to figure out what you need there, be sure to write a review. Be sure to tag me in a post if you talk about it. We absolutely would love to see everything you've got from this episode. But thank you so much for your time here, and we will see you next week. 